Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen. I'm joined by Joycing Choice. For once, I'm going to say it's a Monday, and it actually is a Monday, because last week we did this. And I was like, it's Monday, super confident, and it was Tuesday, because Monday was a holiday. But today Did you get a calendar this week? What's that? Did you get a calendar this week? I did. I did. Oh, I remember that today's Monday. So we're here again, Joyce, and we're talking about our favorite category of all the categories, limited series. I say that with a little bit of sarcasm because I think we enjoy comedy and drama, but there are a lot of limited series this year and a lot of them I mostly enjoyed, very much so. But I think we've talked yeah. about this a lot. Uh, there just is not a mayor of Easttown or a Queen's Gambit this year where they're like two very obvious picks. So it makes it more fun because there are you know, 15 to 20 shows that could easily get a nomination, but it makes it harder for us because there's no obvious pick. And then like, what is it going to be basically? You know, like no shade to any of the shows in contention this year, but I feel like any of last year's five nominees could like win in a walk this year. Potentially. Yeah. (laughs) We talked about this in our, our column, which we type with our fingers on Friday and I keep going back to these spring or the uh, fall shows as like, I think maybe one of them is just going to win. I've like kind of really- lit, That, that lit was like literally that. what we talked about. This- and I really think that's going to happen. So that those would be what our Dope Sick, White Lotus, and Made. Uh, I think the, all three will get nominated. So that already knocks out like a lot of this category. So there's, our, or we can predict up to six in our, our, our thing here on, on our predictions choice. So that would be half the category with those three shows. Uh, making it difficult for these new shows <laughs> to break in. It's like, and also the thing is like, n- none of the three were like massive, like pop culture phenomenons either. Like people enjoyed like each of them, you know, like they each have like their core base of supporters. I would say White Lotus is the most divisive of those three. It's funny that it probably is, but at the time it was airing, I remember everyone was like, this is the greatest show. Yeah, in but the world. I think it's also because of the mystery component. Right. It's people like, love a mystery. yeah, people love a mystery. And then like, they don't care about it once like the reveal happens. But I do remember like White Lotus being like the biggest thing. And I came, I came to that one, not late, but I definitely didn't watch it. I think I wa- we watched them all like in a row while it was airing, but we didn't like go week to week. I thought it was a very satisfying show. I do think it's divisive, but I actually think it's like the most interesting of those three. No offense to Maid or Dope Sick. I think at least it's like, I think the fact that it's polarizing makes it more interesting to me. 
Yeah, but like, does that mean it's going to perform the best out of all three of them? Well, maybe not, but I do think you and I both have it getting the most acting nominations of those three shows. Because like you have, I think, three actors in uh, three actresses in supporting. It's plus, just that I have like nothing to put in that category. Plus Murray Bartlett. <laughs> so that's four acting nominations. Uh, and you could argue that maybe even uh, our boy Jake Lacey gets in as well, though I don't think I have him in. I would love to see it, as the kids say. Uh, so that could get like four or five nominations from actors alone makes you think maybe it could it could be the front runner in that regard and it could win with jennifer coolidge certainly and maybe but like, that's Harley. just the acting branch this is what people thought with when they see us when i got eight acting nominations right. they're like it's winning and i was like nope i was always on the chernobyl train because that right. was a massive hit when that, right. that like we, we don't have that this spring um it's another thing we don't have we don't even have a chernobyl choice then we'll yeah we don't say. have a chernobyl <laughs> <laughs> so if, if White Lotus is like a bad comp for when they see us, certainly from a, a from a, a story standpoint, but at least like from an acting standpoint, uh, then what is the Chernobyl I think would be dope sick. But I don't know if dope sick has the the broad. Support. No, like I don't think I think it has like, again, like they all have like their fans and they did like, OK, over the winter, like they all won something but they were like losing most of those like huge awards to like mayor or like right. underground railroad right, right. um like the most consistent winner was michael keaton <laughs> correct and of those three uh, shows i'd say them right now from at least this is purely anecdotal but from like a visibility standpoint i feel like netflix has done a great job keeping made in the conversation and it feels like the least polarizing of those three shows we're talking about yeah i think this is like something i mentioned in our column was i think made and dope sick engender the most like empathy yes or because they're, you know, socially important, whereas like White Lotus is a social satire. Correct. People, there's you not know? a lot to root for in White Lotus, you'd exactly. say. Exactly. That's why it's a little bit more divisive, even if it's maybe more entertaining. And so that leads me to wonder the other shows here. So my list, I've got, I still have the dropout in first. I just left it there, but I will say, I feel like the dropout. It's okay. I, I still left Under the Banner of Heaven in first. So, so I still, I feel like at the time it was airing, and certainly in my 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 cloistered bubble of social media, which I've I've expertly curated through mutes and unfollows, uh, people were very excited about the uh, the dropout, and it felt like it was like a thing that was growing each week, and every episode was getting better, and I was like, oh, this could really kind of steamroll, and, and now that it's been off the air for a while, I feel like it has it has the 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 conversation around it has disappeared. And it has not like shown a lot of staying power, I would say, beyond maybe Amanda Seyfried as, as Elizabeth Holmes. And again, another thing you're saying, the rooting factor on that show, similar to White Lotus, it is a, it is not a con condemnation of Elizabeth Holmes directly, even though she's obviously taken down in the show. But I think that nuance makes it a little tricky where people are like, what are we rooting for here? Are you supposed to like find her... Uh, story sympathetic or empathetic and that's like kind of what makes the show interesting but i wonder from a television academy voter they just be like i don't like elizabeth holmes i don't want to vote for this why aren't they making fun of her or taking her down you know that kind of thing well it's also just one of like the twenty thousand scammer shows this spring and they're also all like nuanced in their own way so i still have i have i have the dropout and i still have my beloved we crashed choice in there which i love and again another show that is way more sympathetic or empathetic to its protagonist than I think people would maybe have expected and intentionally so. I, I'll give you this one, Joyce. I interviewed the showrunners. So you know I'm gonna I am keep it shocked. In there. So you know I'm gonna keep it in there. Drew Cavello and Lee Eisenberg, great. Love talking to them. 
uh, interviewed Jared Leto for this one. You know, I'm all in on, on Wheat Crash, but that was like the thing they wanted to do. They did not want to do like a very specific takedown of Adam Newman from WeWork. They wanted to make it like, so the audience is like, have to, has, has to actually think. That's, I think, maybe somewhat dangerous when you're thinking of awards because people don't like to think usually. So People do not like to think at all. They like to be told how to feel and how Correct. to react. And so the dropout and We Crashed are in that same boat. I have them both in, but I do think they require more of a nuanced uh, think, a nuanced thought process, perhaps, than people maybe wanted in those shows. Uh, and then the last one I have in for me is 1883. Just feels like a, just right down the middle. People love a Western, love Yellowstone. No thinking there. We got it. <laughs> No offense to the show, just not as it's not like a nuanced thing. I think. I mean, I, I definitely think it can get it, and it's it's just the most different. I think out of all of these, like everything, um, and you know, it's it's not as noisy as a lot of these other shows in like any regard. Because I, th- I we've talked about this before. Like, I think it, it's it's fan base is not that loud. It's fan base is not that loud, but again, anecdotally speaking, I feel like they've really, uh, Paramount has done a great job putting that show in front of people who mm-hmm. are like paying yeah. attention to the Emmys. They are like, yeah. all of, it has, it has his uh, diehard stands. It has his diehard yeah. stands and they're doing a lot of interviews for it, right? I feel like Isabel May has been everywhere and Faith Hill and uh, Tim McGraw are just doing a lot, a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. I always think that yeah, matters. And I, and I think like it's, you know, with an unlimited ballot, you could just like check it off and also here's the thing like we like to think that every voter is just voting by themselves like like they're consulting like their family members like their kids like their friends you know so parents are obsessed with b3 and with an unlimited ballot you know like that voter made their first like five pictures of their faves and it's like oh i'll vote for 1883 for mom and dad correct so I think that actually matters. I don't give you the other one I keep going back to that I haven't put back in, but you know I want to put back in. Can you guess what it is? I mean, there are so many of them. You did not have your beloved conversations with friends. No, I moved off that one. No disrespect. You're to super the pumped. Not super pumped because it just does not doesn't exist. No offense to super <laughs> pumped. Love that show. Love Pearl Jam. Love the billions guys. Love Jogo. But no, it doesn't exist. No, Joyce, the correct answer there was the offer. <laughs> Because you talked to Juno Tempo last week. Yeah. I didn't like Juno Tempo, but it's not even why. I just think like when you keep going back to it, the the offer is, uh, it has gotten uh, mixed reviews, let's say, right? It from, has, from, a, as we, what, checked last week or two weeks ago as a 49% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 49 score. But what is the, uh, but audiences have enjoyed it. Yeah, they were so. in... I think one of them was in like the 90s and the other was like in the eights. I think that's Rotten Tomatoes right now. So let's, I, I will see. 96 audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. This is a show that people very much enjoy watching. Uh, it is anybody I've talked to in real life who watches it is like, that's a lot of fun, including my parents. Uh, so speaking of a parent. Yeah, because show. again, it's a show that doesn't require a lot of thinking. So None. if you're someone no who is like a godfather obsessive and you want something uh, with a little bit more like regard to the actual making of it, like you're not going to get that here. This is like pure entertainment. Like they're very nebulous about timelines <laughs> on the show. <laughs> like when this show starts, it's like Al Ruddy, he's making Hogan Zeros. And it's like, it never tells you what year you're in. Like things just happen and move along. Right. And you just have to go with it. <laughs> right. Uh, it does not require a lot of thought. It is very entertaining. And I think the Hollywood aspect of it 
has been well received while people have like mocked i think a lot of like i think like real like critics have not taken very warmly to the show but i do think the struggle of a producer trying to make the godfather while it's like a hilarious thing to hang a show on is actually going to be very relevant and another show that i think has done a really good job of getting it out there another paramount show like they're really pushing it i got an email the other day from like they're doing like a screening in la with vanity fair choice it's just like they're really they're having it out there they're putting the cast out there they're putting the show out there it's wrapping up soon i think this week was the eighth last week was the eighth episode so we have ninth and tenth i wonder if they're going to make the godfather i'm i'm on on the edge of my seat hoping well, as make we've it. already told people um the finale takes place at the oscars spoiler alert the godfather wins best picture if yeah, you don't know. I'm sorry about it. We just spoiled it for you. Uh, but The Godfather does win Best Picture at the Oscars. Yeah. And the, the finale is amazing. I, I think the whole thing is really entertaining. And I just keep being like, should I put it in? Because I have uh, multiple actors in at this point. I think I have uh, Matthew Good in there, my, my boy, playing uh, Bob Evans. I've thought of Miles Teller, but I haven't put him in. And I do think I have Juno Temple in there as well. Not just because I interviewed her, because I think the supporting actors category is is wide open. So I don't know. I keep going back to the offer. I could just see it getting in. You're really like going to put two Paramount Plus shows. I actually might. I actually yeah. might. Because we, we could just end up with five shows here. You know that, right? Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> I could still see You're going to have like the, the 2021 Plus. three and then two Paramount Pluses. Correct. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have it in. I don't have it in yet. I'm just saying like that of all these shows, I could see that one really getting in. Just it seems like the most basic like easy pick you know what i mean like all of these other shows are either like you said like you're not really like a lot of them are asking the audience to root for people they don't like which is a, a tough beat and then you also have like you i mean under the banner of heaven and staircase true crime things that are like also uh more meditative i would say pacing um i don't know if like staircase is more meditative like definitely banner of heaven which just finished last week with its 90 minute finale amazing um that is your stranger things it means no because i have not spoken about under the banner of heaven for three straight weeks like you have about stranger things excuse me okay <laughs> i don't even remember the last time i talked about this um i think i just said like two weeks ago that i watched the last two episodes and the finale was 90 minutes which again i was not on board with <laughs> So you're on board with two hour episodes of Stranger Things. Make them three. Uh, no, like I, I enjoy the finale of Under a Banner of Heaven. 90 minutes still too long for me, but um, it's, I also wonder if people um, have like the wrong idea of the show. Cause I get this feeling that people were expecting to be like a mayor, which is like slightly more straightforward of a murder mystery, you know? And this is obviously based on a, a true crime, but it's also about like indoctrination and like fundamentalism and like Mormonism, you know? And it, yeah, it's, it's a thinker. It makes you think. Um, and, you know, especially the last two episodes is slightly triggering as well. Um, if you're someone who's been through something like that or know people who've been through something like that. Uh, but I, I wonder if, some people have been like waiting to binge it, which I think is probably not the right way to watch the show, <laughs> especially because every episode is over an hour. Um, and I also wonder if it was like hurt by not being on FX linear because it's 
an FX show, but exclusively on Hulu, not under the FX on Hulu banner, no pun intended, because that's been discontinued. But no, nothing confusing only, about this. Nothing confusing at all mm-hmm. to the people. But it's only on Hulu. And it's not appointment TV in the way that, you know, something like Mayor was like Sundays at nine every week and everyone watched it at the same time and talked about it at the same time. You know, like you would watch the show on your own time during the week. So I don't think that conversation developed in the same way that maybe it could have needed had it aired on FX Linear. Like if you're just watching Thursdays at 10 every week, you know, even though like this show was slightly slower than something like Mare is, you know. Yeah, it's always um, fascinating to me that now we've realized uh, that, you know what people liked when they watch TV? Watching TV. They don't want to watch everything at once. And it's like the fact that we're going back to that is hilarious. To me. I mean, what absolutely killed me last year when there were stories, actual stories on sites talking about like how Disney Plus's rollout of WandaVision like changed, quote unquote, changed the game because it was weak. I'm like, yeah, that's just. Just regular TV. TV we just call it TV. We just change TV. anything, yeah, and people no. want that. I, I yeah. mean, I swear to God, like you, I'll bring up Stranger Things again. I really do think that like the problem with this, a problem with the season of Stranger Things, which I I love, is that that wasn't weekly, and every week, you know, from a conversation standpoint, when you have a show that ends with like thought provoking cliffhangers, or like maybe not thought provoking for Stranger Things, but like exciting cliffhangers or thought provoking stuff, like you know, like we've seen other stuff, other shows, uh, having a weekly conversation about it is much better than just throwing it all in there at once. Then like, I feel like under the banner, this might be a poor comp, but to me, it reminds me a little of Underground Railroad and that it's like the most, I think of these nominees or potential nominees, it's definitely the most serious of this yes. group. Yes. Even compared to Dope Sick, I feel like it's even he- maybe heavier than Dope Sick a little, yes. I don't know. And uh, the fact that it's like, yeah, I just think that maybe having the weekly conversation probably helps, but if people have waited to binge it because they've been under an influx of TV, then it's going to be a poor viewing experience, even though the rollout was appropriate, like a weekly yeah, rollout. Yeah, because unlike Underground Railroad, which was a day and date, it's- Wow, what and a rough also, one. Like, I cannot believe, yeah. I watched all those in like three days and it was not a great experience, even though Me I think too, the show same. is wonderful. Yeah, and then like the run times were like all over the place. <laughs> there was like the finale, the penultimate episode might've been like, oh no, the- the eighth episode maybe was like 30 minutes and then the finale was like an hour and a half or you know what I mean it was just like all over the place and it was like not a type of show you need to sit you, that's a show you want to watch once a week and yeah and then also you know uh from like our perspective like you and I we've we've covered tv like yeah. in tv journalism like it's a lot easier to cover episodic tv and to do like postmortems and like interviews with people talking about like the episode that just aired and you focus on this one thing and if it's like a cliffhanger, you can like tee up the next episode whenever it, it might not even be next week. Maybe they're taking a break, you know, on broadcast TV. <laughs> like, right. It comes back in like two weeks or something, or it's like the mid-season finale, you know, but it's mm-hmm. like mostly everyone is on the same page because it aired at the same time or it was released like just one episode at once. Right. So people have only have one episode to watch during that week to catch up with right. it. There's again another situation where if people just listen to us, it'd be so yeah. much better. Just yeah. a much better industry, I think, uh, overall. Uh, shows I want to put in there, but I can't because I just think they have no, again, not a lot of buzz. Station 11, I loved. Great show. Different flavor from a lot of these shows, which I think gives it maybe an advantage, but I'm not convinced people are going to go back to watch it. It came out, I think it was in Jan- the winter, maybe like January, I think, December, January. It was uh, on, late last year, I think. Yeah. And on HBO Max. And 
great show, completely timely and relevant to the pandemic and just like life in general, incredible acting and performances across the board. And again, I feel like, I don't know. I mean, are people like going to go back? If you haven't, if you missed station 11 for whatever reason, which you could have, uh, are you going to go back and, and watch it when you have 35 other limited series to watch? I also imagine some people might not be ready for a COVID show. Yeah, the opening of the first episode is, the first episode is amazing. I mean, the whole show is amazing, but like, it's definitely like a, an emotional watch. And when they're like at the hospital with like, uh, you know, uh, Jeevan's sister being like, it's bad, everybody's going to die. And then they have like, they have an aerial shot of like the hospital being overrun by people who are coughing uh, and then soon will be dead. Uh, not a great, not, just, not an escapist fair, I would say. No. So maybe that's a tough one, but I, I would love to get it in. We've talked about, how about the historical dramas, Joyce? Like a gaslit or first lady? I would say, uh, what do you think? <laughs> um, I don't think either of them will be getting in. Like their best chances are in acting. Um, and Julia Roberts had her best episode yesterday in yesterday's episode, which was seven, the seventh episode. Yeah. It was I like full on like Virginia Woolf between her and Sean Penn. I kind of, so. I'm kind of back on Gaslit a little because I think similarly to the offer, it is an enter, it's an entertaining show. Uh, yeah, it's, I, it's not entertaining in the same way that the offer is entertaining. No, no. Um, it, it's, it's a, it's a good show. And I just, I don't know, I think honestly don't know like how we'll do just cause it's on stars and they don't really touch stars, Emmy voters, right. so. Let me, yeah. I wanna, can we, you mentioned Julie Roberts. Can we switch to actress quick? Uh, because I just think that one's really fascinating. And another one where you could have 35 different people in. I don't have uh, Julie Roberts in. I still have Jessica Chastain in and she still is like top three in our odds, but I'm not convinced. I don't know. I don't know. Do you think that that show will have the staying power that like made will with Margaret Bailey or, uh, you know, any of those other people that we've talked about those like earlier shows? Like the only two people I feel good about are Amanda Seyfried and Margaret Qualley. <laughs> Same. Like, if you like give me like 15 other combos of the other three or four nominees, I'll be like, yeah, sure. Makes sense. I feel like that's with our odds, it's tough because I feel like Chastain's one who people just put in there from like, you know, was on yeah. in the fall. She won Best Actress. Makes a lot of sense, but mm. uh, not sure if she'll stick. I don't know. Yeah, I have her in there in sixth. Um, I don't know. I might replace her with Julia. I, go, I might go back to Julia Roberts again. I felt like I couldn't have both Julia and Anne Hathaway. <laughs> So I have Anne still, and, and no one else does seemingly. Well. Uh, well, no, she's up to forty to one in our odds. Meaning that means the you and I both have her in, and that's we're it. the only people who have her. Okay. Basically, so uh, <laughs> incredible performance. I love her so much, and uh, she's making a movie right now with Jessica Chastain, Joyce, which mm -hmm. we're all over on the film updates Twitter. I feel like, mm -hmm. um, but no, I love her in We Crashed. I think she's awesome, and I do really hope she gets nominated. And interestingly, she's not like pushing for it. I feel like, which is good, maybe just like letting the work speak for herself yeah she hasn't done I mean she did like the the regular promo for the right. show when it premiered and then I think like she and Jared were on the cover of like the Emmy magazine recently yeah. but you know she's busy in in Cannes with Am I Good in Time and now yeah. she's filming with Jess so 
Uh, I still have Julia Garner in for Inventing Anna. The memes, the Netflix, the Julia Garner of it. I have that. I have her too, just based on like her visibility um, as like being on two Netflix shows. I think that helps. And Inventing Anna was like a big hit, even if it wasn't like a critical success. I feel like people did watch it. And she's definitely yeah, the best you, part. You watched it, um, and the results were very varied. <laughs> yeah, but I do think she was the best part, and definitely the most memes. A lot of memes for her. Uh, and then I have Isabel May for, for 1883. My beloved 1883. You're just, just, you're just going down with 1883. Just going in. Uh, <laughs> but if I was going to switch her out, I would put Julie Roberts in, probably. The other potential is, uh, I know people. some people have been excited about Renee Selwanger, Joyce, for, for the thing about Pam. Yeah, I don't know about her. The I think, think about the thing about Pam. The thing about Renee. The thing about Renee and that show is not a lot of people have talked about it. So no. And it uh aired in March. Right. Um, I mean, you know, like you know, the dropout premiered in March as well, but I think I think Amanda has remained top of mind and I think she's stronger than the show itself. But yeah, the thing about Pam, even if it's like a big transformative role for Renee I don't know how much that matters really like I'm sure she has her supporters again if she gets in will I be surprised no because I think anyone can get in after Amanda and Margaret um but I would put several people ahead of her the other problem I think is that on the list like this is a a incredibly starry list of former Oscar winners and I think of that group of Oscar winners she is like on the low end of like visibility from the performance standpoint, right? Like you have Anne Hathaway, Julie Roberts, Viola Davis, even, I think I would put ahead of her and Jessica Chastain as well. So I don't know. I just think that show did not break through like the others did good and bad in the case of the first lady. Yeah. I don't, is Viola still in like the top five? Let me see. One, two, three, four. She's right now in fifth place. I do not have her in. I don't have her in either. Um, I I just like like yeah, I don't, I don't know. That show, uh, again, mixed, mixed responses? I think it's, it's still on, right? I think it's still on. So, it's not over yet. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I mentioned this before. Like, it felt like it just went from bad buzz with Lipgate to no buzz at all. Yes. That's always, that's a Because it's not like feeling. people are still talking about her lips. I feel like no one is talking about the lips anymore, you know? No. Uh, it's almost like you'd rather have like a polarizing or uh, yeah, a polarizing performance that continues to make noise. I would put like, yeah. frankly, I'd, I'd put Julie Garner and like Jared Leto in those in that category where it's like, they're doing a thing. People don't always love it in mm-hmm. these particular shows, We Crash and Inventing Anna, but no one has stopped talking about them. It feels like, you know, you're still seeing people like talking about both of those performances and Viola and the first lady, people were not happy with in the early days and now I've just it was like the premiere and I don't think yeah like it it just was like crickets after that and again I think Michelle Pfeiffer gives the best performance in that you said that from the beginning yeah yeah like just a star I would have preferred had the show just been about Betty Ford um yeah I do wonder yeah I wonder if they had to do it again I wonder if they had to do it again, what you're saying about the structure, if they would have just done one person per season, would that have been a better fit? 
I think that would be better because it's it's just um like the way they transition back and forth and they like not all the episodes have like good through lines to carry you through um and then it uses like archival footage a lot to like take you back to like Eleanor Roosevelt it's like real news footage from like 1930s and it's like what's happening here um but like they're trying to like situate you and then they use all these like shorthand things like even in like modern times of like Obama they do like news footage of the legalization of like same-sex marriage it's mm-hmm. just like a montage with like a needle drop and it's like they're trying to like get over or like get past something because they have to move on to like the next timeline you know to like show everything um like I think like a six episode season of like Betty Ford would have been great yeah or even if you did what if you did like three if it's a nine episode series or whatever three 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 or so you know what I mean like I think that's what a lot of people thought it was because when it was announced it was like obviously they're not all going to share scenes together so I think people thought it was going to be like like Eleanor Betty and Michelle and it's not, it's just like a mix in every episode of all of them. Right. One, one show we haven't talked a lot about that I, how about Pam and Tommy? Again, another Hulu Pam show. Pam and Tommy, that was one of the, it wasn't a, a spring show, it was a winter show because it premiered in February. <laughs> Did premiere in February. A big performances from two well-liked actors doing transformative stuff. Uh, I think they're bringing them back around and trying to make that happen. I don't know. I, I feel like, Another, a Hollywood story about Hollywood, I think is like interesting. The execution of the show, I was like mixed on because I got, couldn't get past the anachronistic needle drops. Uh, Same, yeah. Tough beat. I just, I couldn't get to, I couldn't do it. When you're playing uh, Steal My Sunshine years before Steal My Sunshine is a hit. Not, not, not for me. Yeah. Um, just remember last year, like I think it was like this time or like spring last year when the first photos of them came out like full Pam and Tommy and then everyone was like give them Emmys I'm like no give the makeup and hair team Emmys because <laughs> we makeup. haven't seen them back yet but I think like they're both good like um Sebastian Stan and Lily James I think they're both good they're really good I yeah I love Craig Gillespie who's the director of the show or maybe the show or whatever I don't even know what the titles are at this point but he directed the first two episodes and he does a great job usually of taking like a overlooked you know, kind of tabloid sensation uh, female per, a persona and like turning them, showing what that was. Like, obviously, uh, yeah, I, Tanya rules, right? Like, incredible movie. And I really wanted uh, this to be more like I, Tanya, but I think Lily James is still good, though not as good as Margot Robbie was in I, Tanya. So I don't have them in, but I, again, I could see it just because I think it's when you watch it, because it's so flashy and stuff, it's an enjoyable watch and maybe that will help, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I actually have Sebastian in still. I don't have Lily though. So I have my actors. I have uh, Michael Keaton. I have Andrew Garfield for Under the Banner of Heaven. Uh, Colin Firth for The Staircase. Jared for We Crashed. Oscar Isaac for Scenes from a Marriage and Ben Foster for The Survivor. Uh, You're still on The Survivor. I interviewed Ben Foster, Joyce. Uh, good performance. I think the problem with that, again, is it doesn't really exist. Not a lot of people talking about it. It's a TV movie. It's a TV movie. Uh, but if I was going to pop him out, I don't really know who to put in. You have Sebastian Stan, and I imagine you have the other five. Um, I have Sebastian, Oscar. I still have my guy, Paul Bettany. <laughs> I still have both. Very British scandal stars um and then i have the usual top three colin andrew and keaton i but. 
I don't know I, other people I've thought about very seriously here that I haven't put in. You'll be shocked to know Miles Teller is on the list. A resurgent spring for Miles Teller. How much of that is because of Top Gun, though? It's a little bit of both. Everyone saw Top Gun and he's awesome in it. And then also he's got the offer where he's really good too. And I'm like, maybe that'll help him. You know, it's like, could be. Love Top Gun. Joyce, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about Top Gun, unfortunately for you, probably. So I know, I think you liked it. I like Top Why do you yeah. act like Well, because you know me, Gun. I'm going to have to like ramble on about it. And you're going to be like, <laughs> how are we still talking about Top Gun? Stranger Things style. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know if we'll t- go three straight weeks talking about Top Gun though, but I, I like Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> uh, and Sean Penn for Gaslit, even though I think no, but Sean Penn, I don't know. I was like, if that show, like we said, like it's on stars, so it kind of feels like a, a little bit of a unknown factor. But I, I think know. I would I would nominate like Shea Wiggum from Gaslit before Sean Penn. That's true. Uh I don't um, know. There, this is a yeah, there's like Samuel Jackson. Who's uh, out there pushing for it? Yeah, he's out there. Um there's Amish Patel, your, your guy from Station 11. I had him in for a while. He's really good on it. But I just think the other problem with that performance is that it's because the show is such an ensemble. I think it's, it is it is not as much of a lead as some of these other lead performances. It's not category fraud. I actually do think he's like the lead actor on the show. But you could argue that maybe like it's just an ensemble and there's not as a media of a performance as any of these other guys. Mm-hmm. Um. There's Oscar again for Moon Knight. I've been thinking about that performance and I really like it. Uh, so I could, I don't think he'll get in. He had fun in that. Show. He had fun. And the thing he did that was really impressive to me is I'm, always, I mean, I'm, I'm such a sucker for this, but I'm just like, man, it really felt like he was two separate people. You know, he's playing like a guy with multiple personalities and he really sold it. It really felt wow, like he's really good at acting. Oscar Isaac. He's really good at acting. Yeah. I was like, wow, he really feels like two different people. You really believe that he's not the same person, even though he's the same person. Um, wow. Yeah. So not nominate, put him in. Get no, I won't off. put him in, but I, cause I still think there's a Marvel bias overall. Uh, and Moon Knight, I don't think is if, if, uh, if WandaVision, I mean, WandaVision did really well, but I'm like, if, I don't, Moon Knight is. Like, it's not the same. Not the same. And we're, we're all in on Loki here on this, on this, on this. I video. think of, of their, three shows moon knight loki and hawkeye loki has it's their the marvel's best chance of performing well and that's not even making like drama series or like any like above the line that's just like below the line stuff really what if loki was a comedy but it's not no it's not it's not at all (laughs) what if hawkeye was comedy oh wait it is that's right yeah uh let's see how about we want to go to supporting act this is where we get into a lot of uh mess just mess love mess <laughs> i have uh yeah mine is unhinged i'll just read them off we kind of mentioned this before but i have, I have jennifer coolidge for white lotus andy mcdowell for made caitlin deaver for dope sick faith hill for 1883 juno temple for the offer and connie Britton for white lotus um yeah so i have three white lotus ladies yeah so i have two uh, you have three so you have alexander yeah. daddario is the third and i have caitlin Andy and I mentioned this last week. I I put Rosario in last week. Rosario Dawson from Dope Sick, but I'm thinking about dropping her for Anika Noni Rose instead. Anika Noni Rose has really, I feel like, moved up on the odds. I think I just saw she's in. Let's see, one. I got to count now, Joyce. One, two, three, four, five, 
six, seven, eighth, just behind Ellen Burstyn and Laurie Metcalf. Ellen Burstyn still there. Huh? And Laurie Metcalf still there. Uh, and then Tony Collette, who I think we said is running lead. Mm-hmm. So really, although she, this would be like such an easy win for her in supporting. Yes, the staircase is ending this week, so she's in. Uh, in six, obviously, it was the owl theory. Right. She had to do that. Um, also, a great seven was also a great episode for her. Um, yeah. So this this category, I think, could really just be people from those three shows from last year. <laughs> it could. We didn't even. Talk. I mean, what about like the other? Well, what about like Parker Posey though for for Staircase? I liked her fine i think she's she has like a very loud like scene stealing performance and i think that's why people like fall for it um but she's really like more minor on the show and like julia binoche is a a bigger supporting presence like she's like dominating the last half of the show Uh, she plays sophie the editor with whom uh, michael peterson had a relationship and I think I've mentioned this before, like I actually like all the kids. <laughs> so like, I really mm-hmm. like Sophie Turner. I yeah. wouldn't predict her, but cause I don't think any of them have enough to do really. And it really is like the Colin Firth show. Right. That I wouldn't go so far to predict any of the kids like Patrick Schwarzenegger or anyone right. or Dane DeHaan. But I would give, if, you know, if SAG had a limited ensemble category, I wouldn't mind them winning that. We will continue to beat that horse. I feel like mm-hmm. uh, with SAG, get this category in SAG, especially this year. I feel like it would actually be really. Well, fun. also it has no home now, so. <laughs> right. Oh, that's true. <laughs> YouTube, here it comes. Uh, for so limited series movie supporting actor choice, you'll be shocked to know I have Matthew Gooden first for the offer. Right there, number one with the bullet. Love him as Bob Evans. Just a hilarious performance. I have Murray Bartlett from The White Lotus, Naveen Andrews from The Dropout. I still have Seth Rogen in there for Pam and Tommy, Tim McGraw for 1883, and Peter Sarsgaard for Dope Sick. Yes, I did move Joe Allen out. Wow. How could you? Are you just like completely over conversations with friends? No, I really like, I still like it. Actually, I think of the four actors, I really would love to see Allison Oliver, who's the lead get in. She's amazing, but I just don't think she could get in when she's competing with, like we said, like multiple Oscar winning actresses. Uh, I don't think people are going to be on their ballots being like, hmm, Julie Roberts or this person I've never seen before. Uh, maybe even if she's the better performance. So I'm just not convinced that the Television Academy will embrace a newcomer in that regard, especially since they didn't do it for Daisy Edgar Jones, who was arguably louder in the cultural discourse than Alison Oliver has been. Well, yeah, normal people. Uh was received better yeah I, I still I, I really like I like conversation with friends or as we call it here bad texts because people are bad at texting uh yeah I don't know I, I don't I'm not confident in Sarsgaard getting in I haven't been sixth like even though he's second in the odds I feel like that's more of a uh box check for some of our predictors than an actual passion pick this might be like sacrilegious to say but like I need like a Hamilton in here because like I can't figure out <laughs> like who like half the nominees are going to be in here so like I have Murray Naveen I still have my guy Wyatt Russell from the Banner of Heaven I am almost put him in um I have Michael Stubark for the staircase not dope sick yeah um I have Sarsgaard and Nick Robinson for Maid. 
So I almost put Nick Robinson in too. And I think you could argue if Maid ends up being like a big, a big driving force, it could get in and he would be like the uh, Thomas Brody Sangster of this year's nominees, maybe. Yeah. And then he doesn't really need to bump out a Bill Camp. Correct. From his so own show. He could just who's going to be the Bill Camp? We talked about this last time. Like, who's going to be the Bill Camp? I think Sarsgaard, even though I have him in. I really do feel like that's one where people are like going to be like, oh, how did he get not? He was second in the odds. How did he not get nominated? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so. I think from that show, the only two performances you really, or like people really love, like everyone I know who watched it are Michael Keaton's and Caitlin Deaver's. Like those right. are the those are the ones that had the most noise and yeah. i think a little bit again like michael stuberg is like a, a villain uh you could also just like i like i don't think he would get in for both shows like correct. staircase and dope six so um and like staircase is more recent i guess that's also part of my thinking and he does more in staircase as well right um i feel like so I don't know, but there's, um, you know, there's William H. Macy for the dropout who I had in like early on um, and his forehead. Um, I would like from the dropout, I would nominate like Stephen Fry, who was very really sad. Good. Yeah, really good. Very sad performance. Um, yeah, there's, yeah, Dan Stevens is also good on Gaslit. And I don't know, man. Yeah, did, didn't you put in Tim McGraw? I ha- I think I have him in still. I do. You have him. Yeah. Okay. I'm going that in on 1883. I just feel like that's going to be one. That's why I'm like, I'm not sure. Even though these are like hundred to one odds, I'm just like, if these shows end up being the ones that people watched, you know, like a Hamilton style in that regard. Like one of the things about Hamilton was like everybody watched Hamilton, so it was like easy to just be like, all the guys from Hamilton shrug. Yeah, and I also feel like people were like in denial about its inevitable win at the end for best yes. TV movie because people just love Bo Burnham and wanted him to win and inside to win. But I was like, everyone watched Hamilton and everyone loves Hamilton. And so if everybody watches 1883 and to some extent the offer, though I don't think it's as popular as Hamilton, I'm not saying that. I think you could argue that these guys get in very easily because they're just gonna be like, I love Tim McCraw in 1883. Um, yeah, I... I think the thing with like all of these shows though is like we don't know like how like the differential in like the strength of their support so we don't know like what will win out again because 1883 can also easily be snubbed if it doesn't have enough that we just have no idea right like their strength relative to each other because I I think a a lot of them are very comparable (laughs) like there's no one like just like light years ahead no uh hilarious it, it just is this is another another one of these joys where you just end up being like the end the un- emoticon is this i don't know i don't know what i don't know what to say so i feel like <laughs> it's just too many too many options and like who knows until we know what's going to be the thing that pops but that's why i'm like they'll just maybe d- default to those three shows last year that aired at a time when they weren't being inundated with 10,000 shows to watch it's true and like we know they were seen and they were nominated and won certain things over the winter so they didn't do like exceptionally well but like they were nominated and the dope say just won a peabody today 
I feel like, I mean, those are definitely the odds on favorites and they're all shows that people liked. And like you said, we all know because of the landscape was smaller, uh, people watch them. And so that'll end up being like a big advantage. So if those end up being the three highest nomination total shows for limited series, I would not in the least bit su be surprised. Yeah. And it'll also be interesting like next year to see how everyone adjusts their release strategy with the elimination of hanging episodes. Explain, so that many, the, explain that to the folks, Joyce. So there, so now currently um, you, if you have hanging episodes that are airing nationally being like released to the public before voting starts this year on June 16th, they're still eligible as long as you make them public or not public, but available to Academy members by May 31st, which is the deadline for every Emmy cycle. Next year, they're eliminating that. So it has to be available like nationally by May 31st, no matter what. So like this year, if that rule were in place this year, a lot of shows would be ineligible, like The First Lady, which is still airing, um, The Staircase, which wraps up this week, Under the Banner of Heaven, like limited series of the, like, the entire show would just be bonded to the following cycle. Right. Gaslit. Yeah. Every, almost a lot of, almost, almost half of the ones we've talked about here basically would just be like shunted off. Yeah. So because of this new rule in place next year, obviously like networks will have to roll back their to like, to like earlier premiere dates for their shows to make sure every, all the episodes for the shows air by May 31st. Right. So we'll have a, a, a wider spread as opposed to just being, you know, like this onslaught of shows and like April. I mean, I would definitely prefer that, like spreading yeah. it out uh, because it's just too much. And it, it's kind of sad because like we said, like a lot of these are good shows without a chance to breathe. And it like hurts, it's such a weird thing because there's so much, like you've said many times, the great coining of a phrase, mass TV, you end up not just hurting the shows that are on at the moment because there's just too much and people can't watch or talk about it. There's hard to find shows that everybody's watching and feel like even in my mm -hmm. personal life, just being like, oh, have you seen this? Not oh, at yeah, all. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. So you have that issue. And then also because there's so much, you lose the stuff that came out earlier because people just are like, I don't even remember station 11. I'm not going to go. If I miss that, I'm not going back and watch it. I got to watch 15 other shows that just premiered. So it does like hurt like the whole industry. I feel like it's hurt by just shoving everything in like two weeks or like four weeks, basically before the, the, the uh, voting uh, close. Yeah. This is not like closes. five years ago when there were fewer shows when you could like backload a lot of things. Right. Um, it's just, yeah, there's too much to me, uh, too much TV. So um, like, I don't even think if like Squid Game premiered in the spring, it would have been as big as it was. Like it premiered in September when nothing else, they had no competition basically. Yeah. And that was the thing, like if you want, if you needed something to watch in September, you could just, you know, turn on Squid Game and like if you had FOMO, cause everyone was talking about it, you know? I'll be curious to see how this, this is, we've obviously spent this, this time talking about limited series. I'll be curious to see how it plays out for something like in the drama category with Squid Game and Succession, obviously our beloved. Uh, I think nothing has come, nothing has come close to hitting those, the heights of Succession. So I don't think it's going to get hurt by that, but. Well, no, because also Succession is a returning show. Like I think it's right. different for returning That's shows fair. and like limited series, which are completely brand new. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> anything else Joyce before we wrap up here 
Um, you're not going to talk about Stranger Things for the fourth No, you shamed me into it. I'm not going to talk about it at all. We'll just, I'll save that for drama. Maybe when we do the drama one uh, next. We'll, we'll, uh, I can't wait. Can't I'll, wait. I'll tell you all about how I think Sadie Sink should get nominated and the variety I mean, article. The, the, her last some good weeks, ideas. the last three weeks, you said you were not going to add her. But that was before the show premiered. And now everyone wants to predict her or thinks she can win. So do you feel peer pressure to add her now? Well, I feel a little bit. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Also, I don't want, I'm like, I was, I was like, I watched the screeners. I knew she was really good, but I didn't want to like, you know, predict her. Now I'm like, I got to predict her. I'm not going to let the, do you though? I'm not going to let these other experts get in there and try it. Experts. Uh, I will say I have her in. We'll talk about this. At, obviously not now, but I will say I have her in, but I don't have her winning. I think that would be a leap, uh, but we'll see. Uh, Joyce, this is so much fun. Uh, we'll talk again uh, soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> For all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at Gold Derby. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.